sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. At the heart of what it means to be Catholic, what it means to be Christian, is not a set of ideas that we believe in or a set of practices that we do. At the heart of what it means to be Christian, the heart of what it means to be Catholic, is a relationship, a personal relationship with the God who loves us. But many Catholics uh, today hear that and wonder, what does that mean? And no pun intended, how do I do that? And one of the greatest teachers for us and what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is the great saint of Calcutta, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. So today on Ignition, we're going to look at what Mother Teresa has to tell us about entering into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Welcome welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's topic or if you have ideas for future topics, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in the studio by spazoid Robin Oh Brock. my oh! gosh, Chris. <laughs> Robin is, for those of you who are, are, are listening instead of watching, Robin just as is, is so beautifully, beautifully, not typical because it's a great thing. Um, Robin sort of, in light of the, the, the theme uh, of this episode today, uh, Mother Teresa with her blue and white sari. Robin is in a blue and white dress. And she just shared a fun story. We will go into the, we have time to go into all the details um, that happened to her this morning. And I said, well, Robin, you sound like you're a full-blown diva. She's like, I'm not a diva. Well, I said I was a spazoid, but I didn't think you would use that on air, Why not? Chris. <laughs> be, just be yourself, Robin. Okay. Don't put on airs. I am not Don't always Don't put on this that. facade. Just be yourself. Do you see what I did? Yeah, yeah. Facade, it's facade. Okay, but I mean, and you were getting on my case because I was so blah blah blah, <laughs> and now do you want me to act that like, way on air? Huh? <laughs> well, it, it should be put into context a little. I mean, I'm not naturally that way, but I happen to have just sprayed myself with coffee before walking out the door, so I'd have my family dry me off a little bit. <laughs> and so I was teasing Robin because it was full blown. Get over here, clip me off. Yes, like, dry me off, diva. Get and, the coffee and, off and, me. And you responded, "I wasn't so much diva; it was more of a spazoid." <laughs> Is that a real word? Uh, well, I don't know. Or is that going to be our made up word for the, our bring to light word of this particular bring show? Bring to light. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to reuse it repeatedly because it doesn't yeah. really fit with. Yeah. Let's put it, to, <laughs> let's put it to rest now. Okay. Meanwhile, let's talk about Mother Teresa. Let's talk about Mother Teresa. So um, <laughs> just to give a context, the, the, the particular book where I, where do I begin? Where do I begin? Um, Mother Teresa's Secret Fire by Joe. Father Joseph Langford is um, a particular book I'm going to be referencing, but what we're going to be focusing on is a letter that Mother Teresa wrote in I think 1993, um, oh, nice. explaining um, a, a, a mystical experience she had way back in 1946. So just a little, oh my goodness, yeah. So just a little quick history for everybody. Uh, before I want to give the context because it is amazing. So yeah. Mother Teresa, a lot of people, of course, know her. Um, what? <laughs> Where to begin? Where to begin? Where to begin? Mother Teresa. People know her from her work in the slums of Calcutta, India. Yep. Uh, but Mother Teresa, um, and, and and as the the founder of the Missionaries of Charity. 
But what many people don't know is that Mother Teresa, I think, you know, many people remember her from the, some of us at least, from the 80s and 90s in this short little, you know, shriveled old woman. Um, do you know where Mother Teresa's from? Robin, you might. I, I oh my know. gosh. I mean. Like what part of the world? Where's she from? Do you have any idea? What were you, what were you going to say? No, I'm like, I'm digging in my brain because I know that I should know. And I know. She, she's not, because she's not she's from not, India. Right. I don't remember. Albania. Albania. So okay, Albania, so Europe. So so yeah. she's fr- she was born in in Albania. She became a sister of Ledretto and w- and went to India. And she was teaching. Um, and in on, on September tenth, nineteen forty six. This is like some. She she'd been in India for like sixteen, seventeen years at this point. Sister of Loretto, teaching geography, but kind of. Um, uh, has this desire to serve the poor. So she's teaching uh, in, in a, a school during the day and then helping the poor at night. Mm-hmm. And she's she's um, taking a train, um, September 1946. So historical context. This is like a year after World War II is over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's taking the train uh, for her eight-day retreat, and apparently on the train she had this profound mystical experience, this grace that she was given, she referred to it as a call within the call, a call because she had been called to religious life, uh, and she had this desire to to serve the poor. Well, this call within the call was out, that's out of which her um, leaving that community, founding the missionaries of charity, just one woman initially, uh, and then of course it becoming what it would over the next fifty years. Yeah, um, she. It was not until nineteen ninety two. That she talked about that mystical experience. She alluded to it. She gave yeah. some, but she didn't go to the details. So um, she was always kind of quiet about. It. She just talked. And that's when I felt this call to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was in 1993 that she wrote a letter um, that we're going to to look at today, mm-hmm. in which she unpacks this mystical grace and experience that she had received. So she wrote this letter. Um, it was, it's dated March 25th, 1993, Varanasi, I think, I'm not sure if it's how you pronounce it, Varanasi, India. So it's called the Varanasi or Varanasi, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard it both ways. Letter, it's probably pronounced some other way. Um, it's called the Varanasi letter because that's um, where, when she finished writing the letter, she went to uh, Varanasi or Varanasi um, and finished it there. And so it's dated March 25th, 1993 from Varanasi, India. So it's a letter to the sisters in her community. She's still Mother Superior of the Missionaries of Charity. She had not yet stepped down from that that role. So it's a letter that she she um, wrote to her sisters. And Robin, I'd like you to mm-hmm. read. But this is these are two excerpts that I'm going to invite Robin to bring. So I just if you're listening, <laughs> if you're watching. Um, just invite you to listen to Robin as she reads this, and we're going to go back and talk about it. Mm -hmm. So Robin, take it away. So she writes, My dearest children, Jesus wants me to tell you again how much is the love he has for each of you beyond all you can imagine. I worry some of you still have not really met Jesus one-to-one, you and Jesus alone. We may spend time in chapel, but have you seen the eyes of your soul how he looks at you with love? Do you really know the living Jesus? Not from books, but from being with him in your heart? Have you heard the loving words he speaks to you? Ask for the grace. He is longing to give it. 
never give up this daily intimate contact with Jesus as a real living person, not just an idea? How can we last even one day living our life without hearing Jesus say, I love you? Impossible. Our soul needs that as much as the body needs to breathe the air. If not, prayer is dead. Meditation is only thinking. Jesus wants each to hear him speaking in the silence of your heart. Be careful of all that can block that personal being in touch with the living, living Jesus. The hurts of life and sometimes your own mistakes may make you feel it is impossible that Jesus really loves you, is really clinging to you. This is a danger for all of you and so sad because it is completely opposite of what Jesus is really wanting and waiting to tell you. Not only he loves you, even more, he longs for you. He misses you when you don't come close. He thirsts for you. He loves you always, even when you don't feel worthy, even if you are not accepted by others, even by yourself sometimes. He is the one who always accepts you. My children, you don't have to be different for Jesus to love you. Only believe you are precious to him. Bring all you are suffering to his feet. Only open your heart to be loved by him as you are. He will do the rest. You all know in your mind that Jesus loves you. But in this letter, Mother wants to touch your heart instead. Jesus wants to stir up our hearts so not to lose our early love. Why is Mother saying these things? After reading John Paul II's letter on I Thirst, I was struck so much. I cannot tell you what I felt. This letter made me realize more than ever how beautiful is our vocation, how great is God's love for us in choosing to satiate the thirst of Jesus for love, for souls, giving us our special place in the church. At the same time, we are reminding the world of his thirst, something that was being forgotten. I wrote to Holy Father to thank him. His letter is a sign to go more into what is the great thirst of Jesus for each one. It is also a sign for Mother that the time has come for me to speak openly of the gift God gave September 10th to explain fully as I can what means for me the thirst of Jesus. For me, Jesus' thirst is something so intimate, so I have felt shy until now to speak to you of September 10th. I wanted to do as Our Lady who kept all these things in her heart, Jesus, words on the wall of every MC chapel, which is Missionaries of Charities Chapel. <clears throat> they are not from the past only, but alive here and now, spoken to you. Do you believe it? If so, you will hear. You will feel his presence. Let it become as intimate for each of you, just as for mother. This is the greatest joy you could give me. Jesus himself must be the one to say to you, I thirst. Hear your name, not just once, every day. If you listen with your heart, you will hear, you will understand. Why does Jesus say, I thirst? What does it mean? Something so hard to explain in words. If you remember anything from Mother's letter, remember this. I thirst is something much deeper than just saying, Jesus, I love you. Until you know deep inside that Jesus thirsts for you, you can't begin to know who he wants to be for you or who he wants you to be for him. Before it was Our Lady pleading with Mother, 
And now it's mother in her name pleading with you. Listen to Jesus's thirst. How to approach the thirst of Jesus? Only one secret. The closer you come to Jesus, the better you will know his thirst. Repent and believe, Jesus tells us. What are we to repent? Our indifference, our hardness of heart. What are we to believe? Jesus thirsts even now, in your heart and in the poor. He knows your weakness. He wants only your love, wants only the chance to love you. He is not bound by time. Whenever we come close to him, we, come, we become partners of Our Lady, St. <coughs> John Magdalene. Hear him, hear your name. Make my joy and yours complete. Let us pray. God bless you, Mother Teresa, Missionary of Charities. Thank you. So uh, before we kind of dive in just a little bit more, so well done, Robin. Um, a little bit more of the context. She alludes to um, John Paul II's letter there. So uh, the year before, about a year before actually from this, um, I think it was Lent of 1992, John Paul II would, um, throughout most of his, pun- I think all of his pontificate, would write a letter to priests on Holy Thursday. And I think it was that letter that she's referring to, the the Lenten message from John Paul II to priests, um, Lent of 1992, either letter to priests or just a Lenten message in general. But he, he spoke about Jesus's words on the cross as recorded mm-hmm. in John's gospel, I thirst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, those for, for the cent- throughout the centuries of church history, um, those two words, I thirst, of Jesus's have been commented on and expounded on, reflected on, meditating on by countless saints. Of course, he meant that in a very literal way. I mean, he's, he's through the, the course of his passion, I mean, very lost all sorts of blood, mm-hmm. um, literally thirsty, mm-hmm. but also uh, a spiritual meeting, a spiritual meaning that he's thirsting for our love. He's thirsting for us. Um, and that's what John Paul II had written about in his letter. And that's also Mother Teresa, fam- and this becomes a sort of famous meditation, Jesus' words, I thirst. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's all sorts of meditations that have been crafted um, from Jesus' words. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is the letter in which Mother Teresa, and uh, I, I love, she's talking about, I haven't talked about the grace of September 10th. September 10th. This is 1993. That September 10th was 1946. Amazing. But still, it's so like, she just had to say September, not, not last year, not two years ago, not 10, 20 years ago, way back, like almost 50 years before um, in 1946. That grace is so profound. And this is, again, this is two large excerpts, but two excerpts from her letter to her sisters where she's unpacking um, this this deep awareness sh- that she received, um, that she had on that train ride in India back a year after World War II was over, um, of the depth of Jesus's not just love, but even that, 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 that longing, mm-hmm. that thirsting for her, for Teresa, mm-hmm. Sister Teresa, Mother Teresa mm-hmm. of Calcutta. Um, so that's what she's talking about there. And, and, and I just, um, I, I was sharing with Robin, you asked me why, why this topic. And I was at a, at a conference at Franciscan University of Steubenville recently. And Bishop Andrew Cousins, the Bishop of Crookston, Minnesota, um, was, was giving a keynote address and he referred to this letter. And, and I, I've, I've read this letter before, um, but in the context of 
our faith in general, but especially our diocesan vision, mm-hmm. lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love, uh, discipleship through God's love. This Mother Teresa in this letter just has a, has a particular perspective on what it means to be in relationship with God, to follow Jesus, not just as an idea, not just as a set of practices that we do, but a real personal relationship. Um, and and that I, I was reminded of this letter as Bishop Cousins was sharing and thought it'd be worth discussing mm-hmm. a bit more. So Robin, um, <laughs> I, I want to start in just a minute by kind of your initial, your reaction. Um, you, you reviewed it, you did a little, I, I prepped you actually, I gave yeah. you some, some heads up this time. <laughs> um, so I'm just curious about your thoughts on it and then I'll share some things myself. But if you're just tuning in, welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Robin Bruggeman about Mother Teresa's insights on what it means to have a personal relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and in a particular way with Jesus and the depth of his love, his longing, his thirst for each one of us. So Robin, uh, initial thoughts on this letter. Well, my initial thoughts were just how it's so good to be reminded. And you could have listeners or viewers right now that this might be the first time they're hearing, you know what? Our Lord thirsts for you. You. You individually, you, you, you. And um, it's just such a good reminder of how our Lord just, you know, our Lord, we know he loves everyone. And I think we can get caught up in that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we know he loves us individually, but to know that he just so much desires a personal relationship with us. And, um, And when you hear that he thirsts for you, that's so different than, yeah, hey, I kind of want to hang out. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to know you a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's a, no, really. Let's go see Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so just that really deep, like, I want to connect with you deeply. Yeah. Um, it's just such a beautiful, to know you, that you are desired and wanted. Right. And, yeah, by our Lord. And I, I think you're completely, I completely agree with what you just said. We, God is love. God loves us. God loves you. It's kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher. Yeah, yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Um, that's why. I, and again, even these, just me saying these words, they like they may not resonate deeply with people. We have to acknowledge that there's not magic here. But I, mm-hmm. I, I do love like no pun intended. I love the language she is using to try to 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 break through our indifference and mm-hmm. our hardness mm-hmm. of heart. Yeah. To break through our familiarity with these words so at one point um through this is so right uh, right here Mm -hmm. um not only he loves you even more he longs for you he misses you when you don't come close Mm -hmm. he thirsts for you he loves you always even when you don't feel worthy even if you're not accepted by others even by yourself sometimes Mm -hmm. he is the one who always accepts you but Mm -hmm. um, he loves you he longs for you he thirsts for you that language, I think, does again. Not, they're not magic words. It's not incantation. Oh, I realize now. But but when we really like, oh oh oh, it can help really us. Let it right right. Um, touch your heart in that way. Anything else strike you uh, as as you read it before recording or or just now? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I was a little bit familiar with it, but. Um. So uh, I kind of just want to walk through it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted you to, I wanted the listeners to hear the whole thing in context. Mm-hmm. And now we'll just take the time that we have left for, to offer some additional things, that, things that struck me and, and, and why I think they're important for me, but for all of us. So she starts, again, she's writing this to her sisters. The, again, these are women 
who have given their lives to serve the poorest of the poor, starting in Calcutta and by 1993 spread in other large cities um, around the world. Um, so these are women who have given up their lives not and, and, and out of love for God to serve the poor in the context of the church. So they're not, they're not just doing social work, which is an important and a valuable thing. Mm-hmm. They're doing this in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. okay? But she writes to them. This is the beginning of the letter. My dearest children, Jesus wants me to tell you again how much is the love he has for each of you, beyond all that you can imagine. And this, this is the line that Bishop Cousins highlighted. It's, it's the one that oftentimes gets highlighted because it's so convicting. I worry some of you, again, you sisters who have spent years, decades serving, mm-hmm. I worry some of you still have not really met Jesus. One-to-one, you and Jesus alone. We, you, I, I, Chris, may spend time in chapel, but have you, I'm going I'm to make this, I'm going to change the, the verbiage here, mm-hmm. but have I seen with, with the eyes of my soul how he looks at me with love? Mm-hmm. Have I seen with the eyes of my soul how he, do I really know, do I really know the living Jesus? Not from books. And Robin, you've been in my office. I've got lots you have of, a lot books, of books and even more at home. <laughs> do, you, do I really know the living Jesus? Not from books, from be, but from being with him in my heart. Have I heard the loving words he speaks to me? Mm-hmm. And my honest answer to that is sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I, there, there are definitely times where I have been, am aware of, of the, the reality the present reality in the moment of Jesus's love, longing, thirst for me. It's there because I, we, oh, well, I'm doing it wrong. Oh, no, hold on here. Mm-hmm. For me, it's because too often, especially when, when, when I'm in chapel, when I go to pray, I'm not still. Mm-hmm. I'm not quiet. I'm not at rest. I'm thinking about what I've got to do today. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about something that's on my um, and and I, it's okay to be aware of those things, but I need to bring them to Jesus who is there with me mm-hmm. um, and not just mull on them. There's there's a line she says, I think, oh yeah, this is not, this is just a little bit further down. Um, Our soul needs that as much as the body needs to be there. If not, mm-hmm. prayer is dead. Meditation is only thinking. Mm-hmm. Robin, mm-hmm. so much of my own quote unquote prayer time is oftentimes thinking. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, it's convicting to me. Yeah. For I've 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 worked um ex- I've worked for the diocese of Sioux Falls for the bishops, the priests, the people of the diocese of Sioux Falls for almost twenty one years. Wow. Um, and there are and, and I have met Jesus, but do I meet him as much as I should? Do I quote? Do, am, am I present to him? as much as I can be. No, I'm not. Um, I worry some of you still have not really met Jesus one-to-one, you and Jesus alone. Mm-hmm. You may spend time in chapel, but have you seen with the eyes of your own your soul how he looks at you with love? Again, sometimes. Thanks be to God, some, I can say sometimes. But Mother Teresa here uh, in her writings is inviting me to a renewed reception of the gaze of Jesus, of, of, of 
renewed recognition of the depth of his love, his longing, and his thirst for me. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I like that you just said depth, the depth of it, because I think there are different layers and levels of deepness where we go in our relationship. Yep. With Lord, which say, okay, yeah, time to time I have this, you know, and I'm, I'm in more relationship with him or I'm just more in tune. So it goes beyond just the meditation or thinking stage. Um, and, you know, you pointed out to, you know, she's writing this to the sisters who we would, you know, the average person is thinking, well, of course, if someone is a sister and Mother Teresa's order, they probably really have this re- relationship with the Lord figured out. Right. Well, they, 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 they do in certain levels, but how they're still human too and still can go deeper yep. in their relationships. That reminder to them, like you're saying too, but it's the depth, I think, that we can think of. We, wherever we are, we can always go deeper. Yep. You know, so wherever you're at on that journey with the Lord, something can stir you to go, oh my goodness, no, I'm not there yet. You know, we've talked about this in past episodes, but the depth, I think, is what is just really standing out to me, the depth of it. So there was a time where, this was high school, um, I was in confirmation class, two-year confirmation prep for me at the parish that I grew up in. Uh, It was, and they took combined two classes, so um, in my case, I was in my junior and senior year, and then I had younger schoolmates, they were 10th and 11th graders. So anyway, so um, I remember then that um, our confirmation uh, instructor, and I've, I've talked about um, Phil Meyer before. Phil was my confirmation instructor. He was ordained a permanent deacon, and he was my dentist. I'm from a small town. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> my own personal Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil um, had talked about, I don't remember the exact verbiage, but I remember him alluding to the rela- a relationship with God. And I, I, like, like, I don't know if he used personal relationship with Jesus or not, but basically speaking about that, and I'm like, well, how do you know if you have that? Mm. And he, well, you just know. Like, and I remember going down. I remember where the house that I mo- spent much of my youth in, from like, oh my gosh, like five years old. Uh, and and uh, mom and dad didn't sell that house till I was in my 30s. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, grew up school and beyond in that house. And I re- still remember in the living room, the, the rocker recliner and where it was in the living room me sitting in that thinking about um confirmation it was probably after when i came home like and, and to be honest i'll be honest there's a bit of fear like oh, i don't i don't have this like what, what if i don't have this but what, what what if i don't know i mean it's very much i can totally estermain robin my wife um uh i can totally you know live inside my head too much <laughs> get in my head. Uh, and and there was this recognition so just real quickly because i we're running out of time robin how do we how do we if we don't have it how do we get it Mother Teresa's words, ask for the grace. He is longing to give it. Never give up this daily intimate contact with Jesus as a real living person, not just an idea. So for me, if you're like I was when I was 17, 18 years old, oh my gosh, how do I do this? Ask for the grace to realize the depth of that love, that longing and thirst. He is longing to give it to you. And Robin, we're out of time. Thank you so much. And folks, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with questions about this episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, may God bless you. Ah! I'm like...